0: Welcome in to another episode of the Mountain Brook Schools Podcast. My name is William Galloway. I'm the Communications and Public Relations Specialist for Mountain Brook Schools. And on today's episode, we have got a treat for you, Miss Wanda Burns, the AP Calculus teacher at Mountain Brook High School, who's been there for, I'll let her, her tell you how many years, um, but has taught thousands of students and had an impact not only on the lives of the students, but the families and the school community at Mountain Brook High School for years and years. Wanda, welcome into the podcast. Thank you for taking time today to talk with me and share a little bit more about your story as a teacher and as an individual and kind of your journey in the calculus world. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, William, for inviting me. Um, I have been now in Mountain Brook schools for 24 years. I have taught for 43 years, the other 19 being in the Jefferson County school system. Most of those were spent at minor high school. Um, I love teaching, it's my passion. I can't imagine doing anything else but being in the classroom, matter of fact, for About 30 years, I had a principalship certificate and interviewed for four different assistant principal jobs and every time I would turn them down because I just could not leave the classroom. It is where I enjoy being every day.
0: Wow, 24 years at Mountain Brook, which means you've seen a lot and impacted a lot of students and as I mentioned families uh, and and people in the school community. What do you enjoy most in in being in and around Mountain Brook uh, and having that impact on so many lives?
1: Well, you know, every new school year brings in a new freshness, but there's something different about the Mountain Brook schools. There's a freshness and a high expectation level and a purpose for an education and things that kids want to do in their lives. And so my goal is to help them to be the best prepared they can be on their journey when they leave us. I teach Predominantly seniors, but I do teach juniors and sometimes one sixth grader at one time in AP Calculus. It's wow. it's amazing, but you know. Uh, but with, with that in mind, they're beginning to see the end of one part of their life and to begin a new step in their journey. And I kind of take it very seriously that my mission is to prepare them the best I can for that next world.
0: And and part of that obviously so much is the curriculum and i would say i would describe you as a titan of ap calculus and calculus in general um let's get into some of the details because you teach all these students and ap calculus is obviously a a prestigious course to take at the high school level and mountain brook is so fortunate to have you and all your knowledge um and ability that you have in the calculus world i mean as i said you you are a titan so kind of Tell us a little bit about. I looked at your um, awards and accomplishments, and through all the years you've been teaching, I think you've received almost every award. You've been on multiple boards, so kind of give us a minute and and pump your tires here, if you will, a little bit, talking about what you've done um, and your impact in the calculus world because it is so great.
1: Well, thank you, William. Uh, I think you probably went way too far in in all those accolades, Uh, but anyway, I've, I've taught AP Calculus now for 41 years, and I remember at the very beginning there was a teacher that I went to several AP institutes with over time throughout the summers, who poured into me, who invested into me about what teaching calculus was about. She. Um, is a very different teacher than I am. She's more of a pure mathematician than I am. I'm an applied mathematician. I need to see a purpose, not just the beauty of it, but a purpose for it. Uh, But she began to pour into me how to have a successful program and what students could do after they left my classroom in the world. And now we we talk a lot about STEM. 41 years ago, we didn't talk a lot about STEM, but we do that now. We see that importance of that foundation that's being laid in, in an AP Calculus course. In many ways, uh, Calculus is that first ground-level, entry-level course into most college curriculums for STEM and so i want to be sure that i set them off on a good footing that they not only do calculus process but they also think calculus they have that mindset where they can think about concepts because that will enable them to connect concept to concept and bridge their knowledge together see it useful in other fields that they will be in whether it's medicine or science or research or business or economics or those kind of things they will begin to see those connections maybe in my own classroom as we do applications and they see a purpose and for me i need to see that purpose that's the kind of student i was i was an overachiever in high school i would do anything the teacher said but it was so much about process 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 do this step do this step do this step and i try to teach yes the process it's important when i drive across a bridge i want the engineer who built that bridge to have built it well but at the same time i want them to be able to think about mathematics to to let it relate to them in some way more so than just solving a problem on a page.
0: Right, to have that mindset and kind of use that in, in their everyday lives. Agreed. Even if it's not building a bridge or doing something, right. having that the, the processes. And you hear that in, in different areas of life, too. Uh, you can hear it in sports. You can hear it in jobs, in, in the real world, and in, in different things like that. So I think that's really cool. Tell me a little bit about, in your time at Mountain Brook, um, you have had the opportunity to teach so many students. But what have the students taught you through all the years?
1: Um. They've taught me uh, how important it is to have a relationship. Uh, I am someone who tries to pour into my students, try to invest myself into them. I do something called a get acquainted session at the very beginning of the year where I Ask them to come in, talk with me two to three minutes, do something like a just a chat, you know, something like that, a little personal information time where we get to uh, begin to, I I begin to see what they like. And and of course, I share some things that I like with them, but it's the, the fact of building that relationship, because I think if I can get them to buy into my classroom and its purpose early, they'll be a much more successful student and it'll be more enjoyable, too.
0: So you have a couple of things, as you mentioned, your classroom that are unique to you and your personality. Uh, and we're going to get into those. And then we're going to talk about you as an individual and, and your passions and your hobbies and things like that. Uh, for, for those that don't know, your, your textbook, maybe not your textbook, but the binder, I think it's a two or three inch binder that students are required to have is called Baby. Yes. Now, tell me a little bit about that. What is Baby? How did that come to be? And it is... Tell me about the importance of that textbook to students throughout the
1: year. Okay. This this is probably going to be a long story, so I'm sorry for the length, but it's, it's been around for a while. Um, In the summer of 2000, uh, there was no access program in the state at that time. And there was an online, a a line item budget in the governor's budget for an online high school. That was the very beginning thoughts of online and virtual education. There was a group of teachers, about 30 of us throughout the state that were asked to come and begin to write courses for maybe rural Alabama or um, a, a school system who maybe had one calculus student but couldn't afford a calculus teacher or couldn't find a calculus teacher for that one student. So that summer, the summer of 2000, I sat down with a graphic artist at times and in a computer pro. program called Lotus Notes and we wrote text and activities for students to be able to access and you can see how that was the beginning of an access type program that we now have in the state. So that program went out that next year as uh, a way that students could read text and work problems and get calculus knowledge in their their head and maybe take the AP exam or whatever at the end of that experience. Well of course I you know that was at the University of Alabama and of course I held my rights of, of what I had written that I owned and I had permission to use it with my classrooms and so therefore I began didn't really like textbooks uh, they seemed to miss so much things that AP felt was important or the type of questions that the AP program asked so I began to copy my text that I had written for my students to use and we would call one of them uh, this is funny it goes back to who I am Uh, the text part was called big mama and the 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 work part the activities was part was called big daddy and so I copied uh, for my students for a couple of years two different things text and a a problem workbook and finally the kids said Burns this is kind of a mess can't we get these two things and put them together so mama and daddy had baby and so baby now is the collaboration of text and work Uh, a lot of the problems are AP, old previous test questions, those kind of things, or things that I've done in professional development and just things that I've written over the years as I see trends on the AP exam or as education, college, you know, how college calculus changes in the educational format. So baby gets rewritten in some ways edited whatever strenuously every year and a new baby comes out for the next group of his students that come in in august
0: wow that is that's fantastic and very unique to your classroom and if i'm correct baby and a pencil and a calculator are the only things allowed in your classroom that for That is students? correct.
1: That is correct. We don't use uh, technology as far as Chromebooks or anything, and that may be something that makes me a little more unique than the others. I just say I'm old school. I want pencil and paper, and I very much direct my class um, where I'm – trying to control how I give out content and how students think about that content so that I know how to make that content, build to the next day's content, and those kind of things. It's uh, it's kind of like a roadmap for me that I lead them through so that they can have understanding as well as process, skill level it needs to be excellent, but they have understanding as they go through the course.
0: But so with that, the students know almost to, on a daily basis to at what they're going to be doing exactly. when they're going to be doing it you could be in november and look at daily baby pages March. on my website and right.
1: know exactly what you're going to do you, on those you, days yes exactly if i don't have a plan then i won't finish in time for them to review for the ap exam and take their exam in early may
0: so it's very detail oriented down to the fact where students can come to expect and is that passed down by word of mouth from students you've taught plenty of students throughout your years who have older siblings and maybe younger siblings, and I'm sure you've had multiple come through your classroom to where if you talk to alumni, they can almost say, oh, you're you're in the third week of November. You must be doing X. Yes,
1: they know where they know where they would be in baby if they're an AB or a BC or, you know, uh, I have uh, some families that are friends of mine now in the community and I've been in their homes and I'll see four babies sitting on the shelf of, of students that have gone through. Most of the time baby goes to college with the kids. Um, um, it's amazing. She gets around a whole lot more than I do, but it, it works. And you're you're lot,
0: leaving your footprint.
1: Well, a lot of my students end up tutoring kids on college campuses, you know, uh, roommates or friends that they meet there because they they know their calculus content.
0: Yes. And and one thing I want to ask you, too, because if you have ever, if you're listening to this and you've stepped foot in Ms. Burns' AP Calculus Classroom, you will notice that the decor is a <laughs> little bit different than yes. an English or another math classroom or a science um, science wing and science room so tell me a little bit about your decor and uh what you have around the room that you're such an avid fan of i guess we could say Um,
1: well if you were to walk in my room you would think you're surrounded by cows um
0: which because you are you would be
1: you would be (laughs) be (laughs) and right now in my basement there are a ton of cows that i just didn't bring to my new classroom this year at the high school uh that kids go somewhere and find a cow or find a cow picture or bring it back um that story goes back to my previous school and school system Uh, I had an assistant principal who came in my class maybe as a joke and he said something about what's the name of that new calculus book not calculus book you know and so he mispronounced it maybe for a joke you know and then my kids picked up on that no 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 that's not the way you say it you say it like cow and I go oh my gosh what did that just start because I had a great Bugs Bunny room I'm a fan of Bugs Bunny I WB's, my initials, Warner Brothers. So, you know, I had a whole bunch of Bugs Bunny stuff in my room that kids had brought me over the years. And my Bugs Bunny stuff began to get taken off the wall and off the shelf. And my kids bought black poster paper and cut out a cow spot and put a calculus problem on it and stuck it on the wall. It became where that was a... uh, a gimmick, uh, you know, uh, uh, an icon that works, and so now we talk about calculus. There's a lot of cows in my room.
0: Wow, wow, and, and okay. So, hearing from alumni, I know we're taking talking a lot about alumni, but a lot of people you've taught. I've had the opportunity to talk to former students, and I say, do you want to give a shout out to anybody, or when you're here, do you want to go say hey to anyone? And if not, number one, number two, or number three is always Miss Burns. She had a big impact on me. She has done so much for my education and taught me so many things beyond the numbers and the problems of calculus. And so with the influence that you've had on so many people and so many people expressing appreciation for you, tell me a little bit about how you make those relationships with students and how they're able to stick long after and far after the students have gone from Mountain Brook High School.
1: Well, I'll just tell you what I know. Um, In my classroom, there's 50 minutes of calculus going on every day. Uh, There's no wasted time. business all the time I'm in your face if I don't think you're doing what I need you to do for me Um, if you are doing what I want you to do there's praise so there's both sides of that coin like what I think they would experience in the real world Um, they they begin to see my purpose and my focus very early in the year Um, they know that I'm going to be their teacher first and maybe their friend second and that's okay but it's always teacher first um, that I'm gonna prepare them to do well on the AP exam and to do well on the neither the next calculus course they might take or they may be literally done with math by the time they leave my classroom for some of the majors that they will take. I think when they understand my place and know my position and my stance on things, they begin to become comfortable that they know, yes, she's gonna prepare that next day's class for us for whatever we need. She's got our really best interest at part. It may not be my thing. I want to do the most I really would like to have some free time I really would like to have no homework tonight or something like that may not be that at all but at least there's a plan there's a purpose and then they begin to around March as we start reviewing for the exam begin to see my gosh how much we have learned in that one year's time that it's there was a plan there was a purpose and I, I I walked through it with her you know whatever I'm also an early arriver at school and they can find me in my room and even though I do have a zero period now, you know, they, they'll they'll come in my room at six thirty in the morning, they'll find time to talk and then this ideal of beginning that relationship early in the year, you know I hate to say it, but there are times when families go through troubling times and they begin to see that maybe I'm a good listening ear. I'm not always the person who will tell them what to do, but I will listen and I'll say, have you thought about, have you thought about, have you thought about, those kind of things. So begins to see that maybe uh, they can share some of their difficulties uh, in being a student or in being a child or whatever at that particular moment in their life. But I'm not a counselor. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher first but I will listen and maybe if, I, if they need help to point them in the direction they need. So that's kind of who I am as far as a person side but as far as the teacher that's always prevalent that comes out first. We're there to learn calculus and to learn it well.
0: That is beautiful and very well said. And I'm sitting here with my jaw on the floor, thinking, "Wow, what a blessing that we have someone like you in our school district, uh, teaching the students and and impacting their lives in so many more ways than just teaching the curriculum." Absolutely, and thank you. And I, I want to ask you too, you mentioned things that you do, uh, and one of those things is being a reader on the AP Calculus right. test over the summer. So tell us a little bit about that in addition to some of your other hobbies and things you like to do outside of the classroom.
1: I started reading calculus exams in the summer of 1997, and honestly, it is the absolute best professional development that I can do content-based. And, I've gotta put a plug in for the school system and for the foundation right now because we, we are a student-centered school system. That's who we are, but we know that the teacher is the most important resource in that classroom. And this system and the foundation pour many dollars into us for professional development, and I am very grateful for that. Now, back to my side. I have been reading AP exams since 97, and so my... You know, when you read exams for seven or eight days in a row, you're reading eight hours a day, sometimes more, and you begin to see common threads that what students don't understand or how they try to approach a problem. You begin to see common mistakes or obviously questions that they have that they did not have complete understanding about. But that that experience kind of molds how I am in a classroom because I kind of know what the next question that student may ask or how I can Um, approach something so that they don't make the common mistakes or I can tell them well if you do this you're gonna lose a point for that and that's another thing about my course is that's probably the first time that they have to really write a lot in mathematics more so than just do a problem Uh, oftentimes the justifications on a free response question on the AP exam are worth a whole lot more than the correct answer and it's a it's a mindset that I have to get my kids to kind of go through starting at the very beginning of the year you know my goal is not just the right answer My goal is all the work, all the presentation, communication of knowledge, and correct mathematical notation to get to that right answer. So that's a little bit of an adjustment for a lot of kids because some kids want to do all the work in their heads and put very little on paper, but they have that right answer there. Well, they may not get the full points for a credit. They probably won't get the full points for the question because they don't have the work that backs that that final answer. So, it's it's a mindset to get them to understand how to write mathematics. That's
0: really cool. And to be able to provide that insight for students and to provide that knowledge firsthand is, it may be frustrating and difficult for students at times and a it little is. irritating. It is. But it is remarkable in the difference it makes because your passing rate on the AP exams is in the high 90 percentile, if I'm correct.
1: We're we're pretty good on our AP exams, we, we, yes.
0: You're, you're not tooting your own horn there, but I'll toot your horn for you in that I know it is it is an exceptional passing rate. I, I've had the opportunity, kind of backtracking here a little bit, to, I remember last school year, I was in your classroom on the very first day. You're introducing yourself to students, and I think there were some kids in there, it may have been second or third period, whatever it was. Let's say it was a BC class. It was. And there were some some wide-eyed students thinking what have I gotten myself into but you talk about what you experience and what they experience in March when you start preparing and it all kind of clicks how does that make you feel as a teacher oh my gosh I mean that's got to be an incredible not only weight off your shoulders but bring you immense joy and and pride in your students and their ability
1: it is it um you know, the last time I had surgery, I asked my anesthesiologist person who was putting me to sleep, oh, what, how, no, how did you perform in calculus <laughs> you know, in college or high school? And he looked at me like kind of crazy, you know. But I know that that process, because calculus is about analysis, other than it being the plaque on our teeth, that's also calculus. But the calculus is about analysis, and it, it gives you an idea of how kids think and how they can put an argument together like a debater or something like that. So, to see them go from maybe a good math student, process, good math student, but to a good mathematical thinker, by the time March comes around, that they're able to build an argument in a free response question and get all the points toward that correct answer. Oh, my gosh, that's very affirming that, you know, you've, you've, you've got somebody else thinking about mathematics out in the world, not just doing math.
0: Right. And as we kind of wrap up this podcast, I want to get... Um, have some fun questions for you. Okay. I, I like to call them quick hitters. Okay, uh, I'm not. And so, I may not
1: be real quick about it. In,
0: okay. in my experience, this has been one of the most fun parts of the podcast—asking fun questions uh, and a little bit more get-to-know-you. So, so what is something that teachers and students and families, anyone listening to this podcast, may not know about Wanda Burns? Not Wanda Burns, the calculus teacher, but oh. Wanda Burns, the individual.
1: Well, I was almost going to be a, a concert pianist. That was my piano teacher's dream. That was not ever my uh, I was supposed to, you know, take play classical music, piano music for my life and go on tours or whatever. That was, I, and in some ways, that's what she did. It was never my calling, so I do love music, but I love a lot of different genres of music, not just the classical side. I've played a lot of Beethoven in my time, (laughs) but I was raised by parents who grew up during the Depression, and so my mom was a big lover of big band music, and Glenn Miller music was something I grew up with all the time. So songs like In the Mood, String of Pearls, those kind of, the Moonlight Serenade, I Grew up with those songs, and so I have a very closeness, much closeness to them. But also, I'm a huge praise worship uh, music lover, and I love Elevation and some of the things that they come out with. Uh, just to be able to um, sing my faith, I, I love that part too.
0: I love that. And and if you were not a calculus teacher, you mentioned oh. a, a you know pianist. You mentioned that you have been or uh, certified to be an administrator. And if you weren't teaching, what would
1: you be doing? Really, if I was doing something that is also nowhere close to the passion of teaching, but if I was doing something that was my passion, I would be drawing house plans. I love to draw plans for houses, not so much do I understand the engineering side or the material side and understand the stress of materials and what goes here, and I don't know building codes or whatever, but I remember when the plans for our new building came out, I am just glued to those plans, right. looking at all the details in the construction. So did
0: you talk to the administrators uh, about that?
1: Of course, <laughs> of course I did, of course I I've talked to administrators. <laughs> I'm not very quiet at school, but I'll talk, and I love the plans, and oh, this is this, oh, has this changed? Oh, I, oh, I love this plan. Oh, that was a smart thought. You know, yes, I love those kind of things.
0: If you could... Well, and adding on to that question, this wasn't on the list, but what would you change about your room if you could change anything?
1: I don't know. I really love my room. I would probably like to have more storage because i'm bringing a lot of stuff back and forth from home as we go through different units uh but i love my room i love the fact that we now have air conditioning since (laughs) april and i love the fact that we have air conditioning i love the size of the room it's so much bigger than my previous room technology is the way it's laid out is not like an afterthought but it was a forethought and i like that fact um I like the fact that my room's large enough that I can put my kids in groups, but I can still separate them out if I need to for testing. It has lots of options. Oh, I just love my new building.
0: And what is your favorite event at Mountain Brook High School on an annual basis outside of AP Testing Week?
1: Well, AP Testing Week it may not be my favorite. It's one of the most stressful days when my test is going on. So, I, I, you know, I enjoy the process. I live through it, but. Uh, but that day is a stressful day uh just make sure i hope my kids have thinking uh, what do i really like i it's a hard one to see i i I do love some of the events that we do, like Kaleidoscope and All In and those kind of things, so that kids get to see and talk with other people doing real jobs. Now, I know they live with parents that have real jobs and those kind of things, but they get to see, ask questions of them, uh, and that's kind of what I want them to do. I want them to think outside of their comfort box. I want them to have options when they leave our school that they can invest in the occupation or the career that makes them the happiest and where they can give back to others.
0: I've talked to former students, as as I mentioned, Mentioned and what's one thing they say is they, their minds because they were a student at Mountain Brook are opened up to other career opportunities outside of what they think they might be interested I in, agree. Uh, and and, uh, and events and things like that are always very unique and special
1: this community offers so many resources opportunities and so they get to see firsthand differences of what maybe they hadn't thought about what they haven't considered and I like for our students to have options
0: so so last question here before you and then and, and then I'll give you the last word I say Mountain Brook Schools Mountain Brook High School what comes to mind and what is Mountain Brook Schools to you
1: To me, it's about an excellence of education academically and also the blending of a lot of extracurricular activities that makes life enjoyable.
0: That's a great answer. I'm going to I'm going to clip that one and and use it for some promotions. Um, But so on this podcast and on all podcasts I like to do, I like to give our guests the last word. And so you have the opportunity to share and say whatever you'd like with the audience, expressing appreciation, giving shout outs, um, whatever you want to do. You know, you can, you can plug your own podcast if you've got some <laughs> podcast that I don't know about. Um, but, Wanda Burns, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Brook Schools Podcast. Thank you for being a guest. And now you've got the last word to close out this episode.
1: You know, I think back to the Mountain Brook High School principal uh, who, gosh, I've been here 20, 28 years ago, reached out to me at my former school, was interested in me coming to Mountain Brook High School, even when he didn't have an opening came to my former high school and watched me teach, poured into me for three years, invested his time and conversations to say, have you ever thought about coming to Mount Brook High School? I think about that. I think about how he changed my life in many ways, and I am so grateful for that.